Okay, great. We have started recording. Uh, I want to introduce everyone here to Yaya. Uh, he is the head of product at Layer 3, one of the best consumer products in the space, in my personal opinion. Uh, really excited to talk, to talk with him about the product. But first, Yaya, really happy to have you here. Would love for you to give a little bit of a background on who you are, what Layer 3 is, before we kind of dive into the product end of things. Yeah, for sure. So thank you, first up, for having me on the pod. Um, so yeah, my name's Yahya. I was employee number five at Layer 3. So I came on board just over a year ago now um, to focus on product. So I get to work with our amazing product team, um, engineering and design to, to build Layer 3. Um, and I, I made the leap into Web3 at that same time, so about a year ago, and I've been kind of lucky to be part of the early team at Layer 3, who genuinely think we're on this amazing trajectory. And I'm excited to get into the details of you today. Awesome. I guess where I always love to start with these conversations is just what problem is Layer 3 solving and who is it solving it for? I think understanding that foundation really makes it a lot easier to understand everything else about the product decisions that you're making. Yeah, yeah. So in a nutshell, so for our users, we we solve the problem of look like where where and how do you really discover what's out there in Web3? And I'll add to that in a in a safe and guided way, right? In a space that we know is got its fair share of bad actors. Um, so very focused on discovery for our user base and for our customers, we solve for the fact that it can be it can be really hard to drive meaningful growth in Web3, right? Way through the funnel. So layer three is a position as the Web3 native growth solution. Um, I'm getting into more detail, um, but that's kind of it in a nutshell, I'd say. And in the process of identifying those users, uh, like your target user and your target customer, what did you have to go through as a team to figure that out? What sort of iterations did you guys have to run and experiment with? What challenges might you have run into as you sort of explore different types of targets? Yeah, so filling a bit more on, I guess, the problem for our users, right? So thinking about, like, how is it you discover the best of Web3, right? So we found that, like, a lot of what's out there is pretty impossible for newcomers to the space and actually quite dull as well for existing users. Um, and closely related to that, we, we felt that the current state of crypto education is pretty poor as well. So to illustrate, you know, if you're, let's say you're curious about the space and you kind of want to take your first on-chain steps, it can be a little bit overwhelming. You know, if you're looking for like, how do I, how do I make an on-chain swap? You might get a bunch of different articles, probably pretty long and confusing, or you might get linked straight to a protocol with pretty much zero context. Um, and if you're a bit deeper in the space, again, like maybe you're trying to advance or perhaps earn some ownership, again, the problem of like where to start, where's your like home for all this we're trying to solve for. Um, and it, it gelled really nicely with what we heard our customers saying. And what we realized was that like, you know, it's hard to drive like meaningful growth in Web3. And by that, I mean, like, given the nature of what a user looks like in the space, like how do you reach the right people? How do you then acquire them as users? How do you then engage and retain them in your product? And we found that, again, from lots of conversations, that teams like kind of lacked often the tools. Maybe they were putting paid spend in the wrong places and not often they lacked the data to really reach and target the right people. So that all came together to kind of mold layer three into, into what it is today. That's awesome. And I, I write a lot about on the user side, the challenges of 
navigating your way through Web3 and crypto and knowing what to do and feeling comfortable doing it. So I'm really excited to see Layer 3 tackling that problem head on. Another thing that I write about a lot is what I call the aha moment, which is essentially your user understands why they're there and they're excited to keep coming back. And given that you guys are building a marketplace, you essentially have your end user and your customers. And I think it'd be great to understand what is the aha moment for both of those groups and how how do you help those people get to that aha moment? I think it, it depends a little bit on what stage of the journey the user's at. So um, I want to just make sure we're clear on, I guess, the, the, the type of user before we talk about the aha moment. So, you know, we, we talk about like on a landing page, you've got a wallet, now what? Right. So we're really thinking about people who perhaps, you know, realize that there's a bit more to it than just like investing in ETH or Bitcoin or Doge or whatever from a centralized exchange and want to explore Web3 and all things you can do with the self-custody wallet. So kind of for those who are crossing the chasm into Web3. So one like acid test we ask ourselves is like, well, if someone asks, where do you send somebody who, who wants to like learn about crypto, the, the only answer should be layer three. Um, and we've got this collection of beginner quests that are perfect for that. Um, and then as you get a bit more confident and well-versed in say like swaps or simple DeFi actions, you know, layer three then is kind of set up to let you learn more, explore more, go deeper in this very safe, guided and fun way. So folks might be checking out some of our intermediate or advanced quests. We tag everything by difficulty. So it's kind of it's a good indication. But then, so, you know, you should open layer three for the first time no matter whether you're brand new to the space or whether you're like a bit more advanced, I say the aha moment is like just experiencing the magic of a, a layer three quest for the first time, like right the way through, right? It's little things, whether it's like, you know, the way your, your actions are instantly verifiable, right? The satisfaction when you complete a quest and get your, your token or your NFT reward dropped straight to your wallet with no gas, nothing to claim, right? And then, oh wait, I've leveled up. And you're like, wait, what does that mean? And you realize that as you invest more and more into the platform, you start to see like this, this recurring benefit, right? So you see how your profile becomes this, this unique and personal record of everything you've accomplished. And you can talk to a chair and you'll find that, okay, I've reached this level milestone or, or some other milestone. And now I've unlocked this perhaps like rare or exclusive quest with a, with a, with a special reward. So we try and think about little moments of delight baked all the way through the user side. Um, all leading up to ultimately like building more and more ownership in the projects that, that layer three puts in front of you. Um, so I'd say that's the kind of user side of things. And it's, it's probably a lot simpler on, on the customer side of the, of the, of the product because ultimately, like I said, we're here for anybody who's trying to grow their crypto product, right? Whether that's a founder, we work with founders, marketing managers, heads of growth, community managers. Um, and really like, I'd say that aha moment is just like seeing the impact that a layer three campaign has, right? So looking at the numbers, um, I can share some quick bites from recent campaigns if, if that would be cool. That'd be awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean like we, um, so we ran a campaign with, with Brave, the, the browser quite recently. Um, the focus for, for them was to drive awareness um, and acquire users for their wallet products like Brave Wallet. Um, so the first campaign we ran, we saw just shy of 4,000 participants, 99% of which were brand new users to Brave Wallet and Swap. 
Um, those folks from the Quest accounted for just under 90% of the 30-day swap feature usage. And Brave have a good product, right? So they found, as we often do, that users were retaining after the Quest phase. It's a pretty wild anecdote we heard was that so Brave picked up a user by the layer three quest that went on to make a million dollar swap <laughs> in their product, which is pretty, pretty wild. Um, similarly with, with Gnosis, you know, a recent campaign for them um, to drive usage of safes, had over 7,000 folks take part, three quarters of which were net new users um, and a bunch more, right? You know, we're running campaigns to Slingshot, Halo 5. Um, so we really try and shine a spotlight on, on quality products all right, and this is really nice system where like users get to discover them and customers get to pick up the right sorts of users. Um, and it's pretty exciting at the ecosystem level too, right? Um, I've talked a little about some products, but like, you know, say, let's talk about Arbitrum, right? Because that's kind of very much in the news at the moment. Um, so we, we, we found we had just shy of 200,000 users who took part in Arbitrum quests on layer three, and they actually transacted 4.8 million times on Arbitrum through layer three, right? And actually, you know, layer three users comprised 25% of all the recipients of the Arbitrum airdrop. There's pretty, pretty insane numbers. That the those are, level. yeah. Those are incredible stats. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty wild. And like similar impacts across Optins and Polygon. And honestly, like I'm, from a product perspective, you know, you talk about like, bets and prioritization but honestly like integrating more ecosystems is one of the best like bang for buck things we can do so we integrated base for example we had 60k people reached to base to layer three again like there's a lot of discussion now about zk sync or zk chains right so we had almost 40k people bridged to zk sync era as a layer three so we try and kind of keep on top of trends and make sure that when something's hot or exciting, layer three is there to kind of guide you right at that moment. Two things that I think are really exciting about everything that you just walked through. Um, the first, I feel like layer three actually does a great job of translating a lot of what we've learned in what I call the web two world with what keeps users engaged little little moments of delight uh ways to personalize ways to feel connected to the product i think platforms like social media platforms like instagram do a great job of that with the way you get notified about likes and everything that's happening the way that reddit communities and people on reddit get really excited about their growth in communities and unlocking access to things i think there's a lot that we can learn from that space from those different spaces and bring it into web three. And it's really exciting to see layer three doing that. I think the other part that uh, I find fascinating right now is demonstrate is the fact that you guys are demonstrating what Paul Graham has written about for a long time. And a lot of people have written about, right. Doing things that don't scale. And in my mind, the work that you put into each one of these quests is definitely not something that scales in the long run. Um, there's a lot of sort of relationship building that happens, internal testing that happens, and correct me if I'm off base about any of this, but that makes a great quality user experience and allows you to really build up a reputation amongst your users that you put quality content out there for them. But I'm curious how you 
how you bridge the gap then with going into the can scale mode effectively? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. We, you know, we were very intentional about going the kind of quality curated, I'd say permission route initially in terms of the, the, the quests that we put in front of users um, wow. on layer three. And you're right, that has allowed us to build a reputation for quality. And I talked to our customers and they kind of, I'd say it works both ways. Like there's a reputation for kind of impact at the campaign level for customers too. But, but you're right, that's something that we're, we're, we're working on behind the scenes now on our kind of midterm roadmap is starting to go down the route of opening up our, we call it our quest builder, right? So starting to think about um, making it such so that other people can create content on layer three, right? So right now we're very, I guess, closed off. We're going to be turning the tables a little bit, right? So that we'll let actually users as well as communities start to create quests and open up quests to the public. So that's something that we're, we're definitely working on. We've, we've kind of taken our time with that. We know we're aware that a lot of quest blocks already have builders. We wanted to make sure we were building our quest builder in, in the right way, but it was honestly like solving the right sorts of problems for customers. And also like, it's gonna be exciting to you. So I think seeing more of that like user generated content, you know, I've spoken to folks who you know, they're writing threads about like whether it's like alpha or whether it's like um, information about the space on Twitter and they're just tweeting, right? And I've spoken to folks who would love nothing more than to be able to kind of create their own little following of layer three and create these quests that actually give them a bit of clout, right? So we can see like as you invest more in the platform, you kind of get access to make quests. But we're experimenting with that and over the next few weeks and months, we'll start to bring on some, we're going to start with our like, customers before users and kind of progressively allow more and more folks to create quests but it's a fine balance right like we need to strike a balance between allowing for growth of the platform but also making sure that you know things don't spiral into a place where you just find a lot of poor quality content so we're working through that and we'll strike a balance but we, we definitely want to go more like multiplayer when it comes to both content creation and like aspects of the gamification um so that's that's on the roadmap. Awesome. There's there's a lot that I wanted to get into there, but mm. like you said, that's down the line on the roadmap. And yeah. I'd love to bring it back first to what just happened with the roadmap. I would say it's been a few weeks since Layer 3 came out with some big changes to the platform. And it'd be great for you to just walk us through what those changes were and then really start to get into some of the motivation and thinking behind those changes and hopefully afterwards walk through how that guides us to where you're thinking about the future. Yeah, I'd love to. So I think that the biggest change that, that we probably ever shipped was about four weeks ago. And it was the evolution of the platform as we, as we came out of beta. Um, we, we, we've done a bunch more since then, which is going to show us how quickly we kind of put stuff out. Like we added some, multi-wallet stuff and bits that we can touch on later but that release was huge for us um and it and it had two aspects so there was i guess what i'm calling like the, the platform experience it's the home page so what it what it feels like to just to browse and be on layer three and explore and discover content and there was the quest experience so what it feels like to do a quest 
Um, so quickly, what's new, right? So with, with, with the homepage, before in our kind of beta, it was this very simple chronological list of requests. Now things feel a fair bit richer. We want things to be more personalized and more engaging and, and start to be like a home for web exploration where you'll see like much more relevant content. So like visually, obviously cards look different. We have collections and categories. Um, collections being a new way to organize this growing library of quests. You'll, you'll see collections on layer three become a lot more important as we open up our quest builder, right? And see, see them as almost like playlists of quests. And you'll be able to see like who created it, why they made it. You can really like elevate kind of quest creators on layer three. Um, you've got categories, which is kind of what it says on the tin, like a way to easily find the content you want. We started with chains because it was essentially what users wanted but we'll add more categories as they become relevant. And there's this little sidebar, which for now is um, a bit, you know, um, it's on the right, but over time that will get evolved to be even more personalized and include some more of the kind of game-like features that we're cooking up behind the scenes. Going to go there. So that's the, that's the feel of the platform. And then you've got the quests themselves, and, and that was something we really wanted to reimagine like once you're in a quest um we wanted them to feel like less like a checklist of steps you need to do which is a design pattern we had it you'll find a lot of quest platforms like check 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 done we want our quest on layer three to be more considered more content all right and a step towards this kind of immersive content form we see quite being right so now when you start you'll see a bunch more information up front you'll see more context um, around like any action you're being asked to take. Um, and we try and bake in some more of those magic moments. So we call it like outro flow, but we slowed it right down. So when you finish a quest, you're kind of taken through all the things that you've essentially been rewarded, right? So whether it's your XP, your NFTs, your tokens, etc. Um, so that's, that's kind of in a nutshell what was new with our release about a month ago. Awesome. And... I'm I'm curious because obviously these are some pretty big changes mm. to the end user experience. Were there were there issues that users were running into or that you were running into with the previous UX that drove the decision to move in this direction or was it something that was more driven by intuition and strategic perspective on what you wanted the future to be or some blend of those? Yeah, look, it, it was definitely both. Um, some of it was, I'll talk about both actually. So just from what, what we knew we needed to do, like um, we needed to position layer three to deliver on our mission, right? which is to empower everyone to learn and explore and succeed in web three. So to get a real place where it feels like you're here to learn, you're doing actual exploration, we're not just another kind of quest platform to like kind of grind out, all right? We wanted to make the site feel amazing on mobile. So I have layer through my home screen. It's so smooth. It really feels like you're in an app. So little things like that we knew we needed to do to really lay foundations for the future, right? Or roadmap, right? And you'll see a lot of upcoming changes compound into the new platform. So things like, you know, we, we've subtly rebranded a bit too in terms of making people seem a bit more friendly we've, we've added multi-wallet and i mentioned the builder and some more gamified multiplayer stuff going forwards 
So that was like, you know, what, what we knew needed to happen. But yeah, you're right. We, we, we did have clear issues with our previous UX that we just out and out had to go fix. Some of it we get told about, we get like roasted in Discord by our users. Some of it was clear, right? So, I mean, I'll be candid, right? So we, we for too long, we were kind of like launching these somewhat, I'd say, a bit arbitrary quests into what felt like a, just a feed. There, there wasn't enough of a so what, there wasn't enough context as to why these were going live beyond us trying to make number go up. And our users noticed that, right? It, the, the context in the so what wasn't clear. Um, so again, we wanted to provide a lot more why behind the quests and think of them as these like high quality evergreen pieces of content, not like time-capped things that you've got to go, go, go to do to kind of drive this more like black hat type gamification that was one thing that we were doing wrong we need to fix this is this is more like esoteric but we like overcomplicated our abstractions internally we have quests and challenges and challenges at steps and it was all you know you're kind of baking complexity you don't spot it until you're like wait what have we done so we had to like we kind of wanted to radically simplify all that um, and we knew i mean you actually kindly pointed this out in the teardown that you wrote which was which was awesome actually but we knew that in our previous iteration, our onboarding was pretty lacking. Um, and we could see it in the data as well. Like we had a lot of these um, kind of zombie accounts where an account was created, a wallet connected, but never actually did anything. So they were never counted in any metrics. Um, simple things that just tweaked to the, the funnel as converting better. All the way through just users asking us for stuff we weren't providing. Reasonable things, right? Like, you know, can you help us find the content that we want? Can you give us better ways to filter, better ways to categorize, et cetera? Um, so it's definitely a blend, but that's kind of an insight into some of the motivations behind what we were, what we were doing. That's really insightful. The The follow-up question there I, that I have there, and you hinted at it a little bit, there's, there's data that was indicating sort of issues, which I think also implies that there's sort of core metrics that are really important to you guys as a team. Um, and in that vein, did those core metrics stay the same as you transition from beta to this new post-beta world? And if so, how are they tracking? What sort of feedback have you guys been getting? And if your metrics have changed or your focus has changed in terms of what you're measuring, why did you guys uh, sort of change those KPIs? Yeah, um, I mean, our goals for this, like I mentioned, we wanted to make sure layer three, this more quality stuff, right, was was essentially as valuable and delightful to a user as it can be, right? So is it supporting learning? Is it supporting exploration? Are there clear, like, opportunities to cash out? Um, I'll talk more about the customer stuff in a second. Um, and in terms of, like, I guess, I guess measuring the success, um, top line metrics that we care about obviously you know we care a lot about our user retention engagement user growth um we're looking at those um and we're seeing some green shoots around those we had our highest ever activities a month last month in march um we were looking more specifically i'd say with regards to this change we were looking at things like you know is onboarding converting better is session length Rising as we've made quests more like immersive. So we're kind of running at about eight to nine minute session length, which is pretty encouraging right now, considering how many folks come back every day. Um, so definitely that was one we looked at. Um, we haven't seen a big 
change in retention pre post this change, which is which is fine because we were pretty pretty solid on retention going into it. But maybe you know it's only been about thirty days since we made the change. Um, and again, like engagement wise, we're seeing more users spend more time on the platform, so kind of trending positively. Um, but honestly, like with this sort of change, it was such a broad change that it was really like, have we have we solved the problem we set out to do? And that for us was like, we 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 didn't want to keep seeing users ask us in Discord why. We wanted that to be very clear, and that's something we're keeping a close eye on. And, and I've got a quantitative number for you, but we are seeing less. So that to me feels like the kind of so what request is is clearer now. Um, but still very much actively tracking and actively iterating based on some of the feedback that we're getting. That that piece on sort of Discord feedback or I I related to support tickets essentially, mm-hmm. but this is a lot more sort of rapid rapid fire yeah. form of support tickets. Uh how how has the team handled being so closely connected to the user? Obviously, I think all product teams strive for that. You want to be very closely connected to your end user. You want to know what they're feeling, how they're experiencing it. But in the crypto world, with what I've seen with Discord, it's almost to such an extent that it's overwhelming and it becomes far more noisy than the signals it provides. Do you guys have particular workflows that allow you to translate discord into actual product work and roadmap items or is it just a lot of manual work to do all that yeah i hear you on that like as a product person like i'm like it's part an absolute gold mine of just like real-time user user feedback and partly just so much noise that you need to filter effectively um I'll talk a bit about our like processes around that and then maybe like how users responded in Discord to this change. Kind of interesting actually. But, but yeah, like, so a few things like we've we're in excess of like hundred K in our Discord, probably a fair bit more now on last check. Um a lot of people, a lot of noise. Um, you know, not that I'm I'm doing this, but like the folks who are structuring on Discord have done it very well. So like, you know, there's the clear places for feedback. And on any community call, I'll keep reiterating, you know, we'll make a point of posing the question, like, how do you provide feedback? And I'll say, please leave it in this channel. I'm kind of broken down to like platform feedback, request feedback. So I'm very active in those feedback channels, talking to users, looking at feedback. And I try to spend less time, I guess, in the kind of general channels where it's more, like, I'd say, just vibes. It's very useful to assess like how people are just vibing about the product, but the feedback we try and funnel into those channels, that's good. I mean, something we've done really well is is, is bring on some really great like um, regional ambassadors for their respective language communities, right? So, um, and we actually brought those folks on a kind of paid part-time basis. They were like very active in their respective local communities across all these different language speaking channels um and we kind of yeah we brought them in on a on a, on a part-time basis we kind of elevate them right into our internal slack right we've got kind of a slack connect with these guys and and they for me are so valuable they're like you know this they provide a really good filtering right of, of what's happening on the ground in their communities and often like 
product changes or quest launches will be received funnily enough by different communities, different parts of the world in different ways. So kind of you'll get feedback that allows you to see that. Um, so for me, you know, yeah, I'll be manning the channels in Discord, specifically feedback, but really like I try and have it funneled through these ambassadors because it, it just naturally filters a lot of the noise and they've got a, a real pulse on what people are feeling. So they're two things that work well for us. That's incredible. And I think there's there's a lot that other teams could probably learn from that, uh, especially like layers of people trying to process all of it. You hinted at something there that I'd love to just touch on a little bit more, which is how, uh, based on the geography, people's responses are a little bit different. And I think that that's also something that's somewhat unique to Web3 startups compared to other domains or industries in that crypto from the startup period forward is highly global versus for a lot of web two companies, you can kind of launch in a particular geography and build up. You don't have the same sort of luxury here. And with the different regions potentially responding to different things in different ways, how, how does that influence your thinking on who your target user is and what your roadmap looks like? Do you build for the common denominator? Do you customize things a little bit based on what you know about the user? How does all that come together? It's a good question. I mean, the 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 regional response is interesting. Like um, sometimes you can sort of see clear clear reasons why. Um, sometimes it's just interesting. Like we 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 added a um, funny anecdote. We added like a refer friend feature recently. Um, we've seen it have success in other products. We took our time thinking about it um, and I kind of teased it to the community and it was funnily enough, specifically it was the, like the um, Iranian community who like really didn't like it. Everyone else was like, cool, like referral feature, whatever. They like, were like, no, like we, we don't want this. We don't, we, this is, this is bad. The way you design this bad. This was pre-launch right when we were kind of teasing it and their main gripe, which was actually ended up being really valuable was that we'd kind of included, I guess, too much of our gamified stuff in the referral feature so that people could in theory be like leveling up by referring, not by doing quests, which was a flaw in the feature design that that they picked up on, um, which came through while like Farsi speaking ambassador. And then we ended up shipping a different like version of that feature that they then ended up kind of being quite happy with and adopting and championing in the kind of global channels. So that was just a funny example of like one pocket of the community and the kind of chatter in, in their language leading to something that kind of boiled up and something came back to, to us in the core team. Um, I mean, that's just the, the regional stuff. I think your point around like the nature of the user base today versus perhaps tomorrow is interesting. Um, I mean, it, I guess it ties to a challenge, I guess, that everybody in this space is dealing with and like who you're building for today versus the long term and how you position the product accordingly. So we've been clear about our mission, right? It's around learning, exploration. We're trying to build for those who are genuinely here to learn and explore the space, right? Um, but we're not burying our head in the sands and acknowledging that like a big proportion of today's users, especially the active user base, 
are seeking those shorter term cash outs, right? From the like from the extreme end of the spectrum, you see the means of the arbitrum go with like a million monitors or whatever. Um, who are like straight up like farming platforms for, for immediate each farming airdrops. To the more nuanced folks, we see a lot of these people who are genuinely excited about layer three of the product, but given like kind of the innate like you know, the finances of the crypto, like are very focused on the like what's the reward, what's the reward to cash out, what's the reward, you know? Um the uh, the typical yeah. I was going to say the typical when coin uh well, yeah exactly that's yeah exactly um so we we don't, we have to make sure the value of the product is balanced between like what I'd say the more in your face cash out type quest rewards and perhaps the more like um in my view, positive kind of setting our users up for success on the learn, balancing the learn and the yearn, I guess, is a snappy way of putting it. Um, and I think as the user base in the macro evolves, our positioning will evolve, but, you know, we can't build for a future without building for who's here today. So we kind of try to be very mindful of that. I, yeah, it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting conundrum that product teams have to deal with. And I think particularly so in the crypto space, because and like these are stats that I like to quote a lot. We have at best five to 10 million active users in all of crypto. Uh, and by like active users, people that are going out there and like doing things with wallets, et cetera. Versus if you look at something like, Instagram, you've got hundreds of millions, if not billions of active users. And so there's a multi-scale difference in those two worlds. And for crypto to get to that scale has some, I think, real implications of how the industry evolves, which makes it challenging for us as builders to handle both today and tomorrow. I think what you had hinted at earlier with the future roadmap adds some extra layers of complexity, but excitement to this in terms of how users can almost become customers as well and their ability to potentially create collections and curate things. How how are you thinking about that evolution? Because that feels a lot close closer in hand than the sort of multi-scale growth the, the evolution of target users in the in the near term between the end user and the customer. Yeah, so I think I think opening up um, content creation is a is a move we can make and, and roll out carefully. Um, so that's something we'll, we'll do in the near term. Um, and you talked about like you know the scale of people in crypto today versus like the internet that's the start you often hear right and obviously all of us in the space are taking a are making a bet on the space generally right and we'll all have our own thesis as to why crypto matters to me with ai it matters more than ever right now and decentralization is equally important more than ever but putting up to one side you know we all have a part to play in growing the space um and like I'd say for now, we're focused on trying to be valuable to as many people in crypto as possible, and as more on board, continue to be valuable all the way through. Um, I think as like, you know, as we evolve and the space evolves, I think I can see layer three thinking like longer term, 
being less overtly about those who are kind of like crossing the chasm into the space and leaning a lot more heavily into like personalization. Um, and that's to say, I think that the, the kind of data angle of layer three becomes really valuable. But I mean, like, oh, I think quite unique ability to be able to present users with, with Quest or Contact Quest, which is basically like a Web3 data unit that's really relevant to them based on various on chain data they've chosen to share, right? And that then becomes even more exciting for our customers as the targeting of campaigns becomes even more powerful. Um, and that's kind of how layer three is set up, you know, to go forwards. We've definitely got an eye on our own conceptualization, but right now we're essentially a web three native web 2.5 company that is serving the needs of web three companies and users. And that gives us a few superpowers in terms of like the UX we can create and also the level of insight we can generate for our customers and kind of connect the right people with the right quests. So that's something that I see us, us thinking a lot more about um, as we grow our user base and the people who are like building and, and crypto increases. Um, I also see like an ecosystem kind of bringing it back to the quest themselves, like spinning up around quests. Right? So we talked about the quest builder. I said we're taking our time to roll that out, making sure it's, it's valuable. But I do expect we'll see an explosion of quest content initially by project teams and then excitingly, more excitingly for me, I think, by what I use it to create. Um, and then we're also thinking about like the quest on platform, off platform, right? So quests right now, they all live on layer three, that, but actually what about a quest that's very tightly integrated into the product of an existing player, right? And they might not even look like quests, right? As you think about them today, but you know, we've had a lot of interest in making use of our building blocks. So think like action verification reward, those are all kind of like tools under the hood that can be kind of used in quite modular ways to, to create sticky experiences natively on our customers' sites themselves. So those are directions that I kind of see mid to long-term as, as starting to explore, but zooming it back in right now, we're just laser focused on the quest and the platform experience and making it as magical as possible to like find a quest, do a quest, and soon build a quest. That's a kind of near-term strategy. So I've, I've got two follow-up questions. And the first one I think will focus on the near-term, which is yeah. what, what limitations do you currently face in in building that you've had to work around that that's either created a worse product experience or potentially even a better product experience like what are the how are you playing around with obviously the core technical limitations of the industry yeah good question i mean um the the like linking off to various dapps to do the quest action and coming back can be can be finicky, right? You know, like we can build as incredible a UX around layer three as possible, but um, often we're, uh, I guess, dependent on how good the everything from like the wallet connect experience to the actual core UX of, of the products that are part of quests are. So we try and do a lot of betting, but that's obviously something to think about as we open up the floodgates a little bit more to, to quest content. Um, we've tried to solve for that on our side with our kind of uh, features around like multi-wallet handling, which I can touch on in a minute, but that's, that's one wallet is a bit tricky. 
I'll be candid about another challenge, actually, especially if you scaled on revenue, right? And we have like, we have the, the growth and kind of sales and content side of our role. We're only nine people, right? But, you know, our product team is formed. We've got the kind of the, 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 the growth side. And as they're scaling revenue, like it's been a challenge for us to balance the needs of like customers and the needs of users, right? It sounds very obvious. It sounds like I think we should obviously be solving for, but um, and at times we found those were a little bit odds, right? And previously, especially before the the, the relaunch and coming out of beta, we felt we didn't do a good enough job of balancing those goals, right? So we might, for example, have a paid customer campaign. Um, for a big name, right? That we we know like has got some degree of user friction, whether it's the action they want users to take in the quest, or perhaps it's even the UX of their product. And we thought, ah, oh, you know, like they're a big name, they're a big logo, is revenue on the table. Let's post a campaign, but that was short sighted because it was ultimately like not a good quest or good experience for users, and that hurt us. And users told we we had some we had we did have some down months in our user base, you know, a few months back. And that was partly why we went back to the drawing board and thought, well, thought a lot about our product and actually more importantly, our like content strategy and really doubled down on quality, like storyful, very clear, like, so what of a quest to, to solve for that. And we're seeing that come to fruition now because people really appreciate that. Um, but now again, you did it before, now we're faced with challenges of, okay, we've built a reputation for like quality. Now we need to scale without running into the same problem of like, oh, the what we're doing in this quest sucks, right? So that's the perpetual challenge when the space is so recent. Yeah, the back and forth swinging is... Yeah. I, I can imagine that can get, not frustrating per se, but somewhat taxing on a product team as you try to balance both of them. But the way that you're talking about it, it sounds like at the core of it, the heart of it is the end user, their experience matters the most. Yeah. And if you can deliver a quality experience for them, no matter kind of how the roadmap shapes up and what the product map, uh, product experience shapes up to be, if you can deliver for those end users, that's your bet is that will result in long-term success, more so than betting on the customer experience. I think that's fair to say at the moment, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, you did going back to the other question that I had you you touched on two things that I think can result in a very interesting outcome. The first is the data that layer three has uh, that creates personalization and really allows people to connect with each other based on what they're trying to do. And secondly, companies potentially being able to incorporate layer three into their own product experience. Both of those things can be achieved in sort of a Web 2 fashion or a Web 3 fashion, uh, moving things on chain, making them more modular. And I'm kind of I'm curious because Layer 3 is very famously like sits on top of a lot of these products and projects that are on chain, but Layer 3 itself is not. How you guys are thinking about the the future of layer three in regards to being on chain versus not? Yeah, um, that's a great question. It's something we, we think about a lot. Um, you know, there's aspects of our product, many in fact, that are in kind of off chain by, by design, you know, and we think that's conducive to us building a better business, frankly. Um, 
but we absolutely realize the value and importance of bringing many aspects of our product on chain and eventually working towards centralization if and when the time's right um so you know we're exploring ideas of like what would um i guess that kind of one-to-one uh mapping of a user's progress on layer three to some on-chain um asset whether it's kind of some sort of uh, dynamic nfts one room explored could look like that um we've thought long and hard about the pros and cons of bringing more aspects of our gamification on chain for example like you know could we make our very rich now actually achievement system and badges that are called, called rarity could we bring those on chain um you know pros would obviously include the like ability to build on top um cons are we lose some of our kind of secret source um so we're thinking about like i guess making the stack of layer three more on chain very carefully and mindful that like there's a right way to go about it we're trying to really find solid product market fit and a product that users love and then find the right way to bring it on chain rather than put stuff on chain the extreme being like a token just just because um so it's kind of i know i kind of talked around the question a bit but it's something that we're actively thinking about right now i'd say is that the bringing stuff more on chain side of things um and then like the, the, the data stuff like um you know again that's something that we're this was more of a long-term bet but like um you know i think once you start to enrich like everything that you you can understand the insights about those folks who do quests on layer three and you can augment it with some you know rich on chain like wallet profiling you start to build a really like rounded picture of of, of web3 users you know they're going to be often synonymous anonymous whatever but you can see like I'd say a lot more about these folks than if you're just a straight up, if you're like, you know, it's not pure protocol than you can necessarily see because the design of your product. So like offering that and baking that into our like campaign targeting is something that we think is going to add a lot of value um, to kind of be that bridge between like the, the user and kind of user insight that projects want and what they're able to get themselves. Um, so those are, those are like things that are top of mind. And when I talked about like, um, I guess, people integrating layer three into into their sites. Um, again, like there's a few different ways that we've we've thought about that. Um, and we're still very much in like the kind of I'd say problem discovery phase, let alone solution discovery. But we know that retention is a challenge for a lot of um, for a lot of our uh, customers and partners. And we're aware that like quests on a site like layer three or another platform are not a real way of achieving retention right you can't just keep doing what you can but you you know you're kind of brute forcing retention and some of the smart teams get it and they'll say to me in research calls they'll be like layer three is great for reach and acquisition but retention is like on us like you need to build a good product that people want to come back to and use so there's examples of that teams do and they see retention um, but often like you know, there's clearly strategies. We use gamification, right? It works very well for us to make a sticky experience. Um, teams will be like, well, we would quite like to do some things like that, but we don't have the building blocks. So that's when I mentioned like, we're carving up like the kind of action verification reward bits of layer three and say, okay, use that and power various, whatever it needs to be, like loyalty programs, um, referral programs, gamified features. 
directly on your site that you'll never even know you do need to do layer three. So that's the that's a few threads that we're we're thinking about. Yeah, if I if I translate that into kind of what jumps out to my mind, like to the first part, it connects a lot to I think what A16Z and Varian have written about recently with like progressive decentralization. Like you don't need to start out fully decentralized and in a lot of ways that probably handicaps you as a team to be able to achieve long-term success or even immediate success, right? The you can kind of build it over time, get smarter and the end goal is long-term sustainability and decentralization for everyone. And the latter, uh, the latter part, actually, what what jumped out to me the most or what felt most analogous was actually how Amazon took a lot of its services or what it used internally to operate, carved it up and made it possible for other teams to use it as well to kind of quote unquote, have the Amazon effect or scale. And I think there's a lot that we as builders can learn from. If you get really good at doing something, other people will probably find value in being able to do it the way that you've done it. And that's an opportunity in and of itself to build a product. Yeah, for sure. I think it's important with, with the, with that side of things. That's a great analogy. Like we're being very careful about like how to position any sort of, I guess, call it like an infra offering almost, right? What we're not trying to do is compete with, there's a lot of incredible Web3 companies or we're not trying to be Alchemy, we're not trying to be like these sorts of companies, you know, for those sorts of things. But it's more like being very opinionated, like we're very good, uh, let's be honest, like quests, right? And if what's a quest, it's being very specific and making it very easy to pinpoint an action and then trivially easy to drop a reward because of that. Um, and various stages in between, just like that's what we're trying to. Um, if we were to go down that off-platform route, it would be in in that direction. I think is what you're getting at, but um, just made me made me think. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So we we're coming up to end of our time together here, and I really appreciate you being here, Yaya. Before we close out, I'd love I'd love for you to just kind of bring it all together in terms of laying out what you're excited about for crypto over the next six to 12 months. Obviously we're in a, we're in an interesting period, somewhat of a bear market, somewhat of a not quite bear market. And yeah, what it is that you're excited about, what you're hoping to see people building and what it is that layer three is going to be building that allows the overall industry to continue to flourish. Yeah, I mean, even in the depths of the bear, like I'm still excited about crypto. I think it matters actually more than ever. Um, you know, I mentioned like AI. You know, things are clearly getting very weird, but very like digitally weird. So I think having like digital money, right, and like it's going to be more yeah. important than ever. Um, and again, like I think decentralization is important perhaps more important when you couple it with that previous thread and like um you know in various parts of the world the way that corporations and governments are behaving um so i think crypto matters and i think that narrative is going to become very clear um it'll probably be like 
kind of all at once, they'll be the catalyst, I think, or that is most to be seen. Um, I think like, I'm excited about the idea of community ownership. That's something that we firmly believe in. Um, still buy into the idea of like this ownership economy. And like, ultimately that's what layer three, you know, dialing it back to our, our user, well, you know, we talked a bit about the customers and the campaigns, but ultimately like think about our users, you know, layer three exists to put like quality products in front of users, right? And if people like them, they believe in them, find utility in these products, then, you know, you'll begin to earn ownership, right? Either directly because layer three will, will drop you ownership, right? In the form of tokens, or because as you use that product more, you'll become a user and that product will decentralize, right? Look at the OP airdrop, the ARB airdrop, right? That sort of thing's going to happen. Absolutely. Just, just, yeah. So just personally feeling very bullish on layer three in particular, whereas we're a small team, there's only nine of us full time we're hiring, but um, we're uh, small, but pretty, pretty focused and yeah, excited to be where we are. Well, you heard it here, folks. They are hiring. If you're interested, go check it out. They're an awesome team with an awesome product. Uh, if you haven't played with Layer 3, and if you ha- especially if you haven't played with the new updates to the product, I highly recommend you do so. I went through the, the base quest on Layer 3 recently, and I loved a lot of the changes that you guys made. It was a really fun way to kind of get into the minds of what's being built. So highly recommend everyone go and explore thank you yaya for being here really appreciate you taking the time to walk us through what you're building and how you're thinking about it like always thank you very much all right we'll talk soon take care